It's time to watch The Muppet Show with special guest Bernadette Peters. Is that Flo Rida? Yeah. Like the first time? The first time. Uh, it's time to watch The Muppets. And we watch The Muppets! I like. I really want to just like jump into Let's it. Let's jump this in. This episode and ruled. This episode ruled, and I feel like a somber... Did you feel like last week's episode was somber? Like, we got like pretty like... I think so. I was like listening to it, and I'm like... Dang, I had to turn this off. It's too depressing for we me. We were depressed by the episode, and then <laughs> depressed by our lives. No, I'm kidding. Brought that into the show, and oops, oops, I did it again. Okay, ready? Okay, I just want to let you know that I took notes. I was going to say, do you have notes? Okay, I and notes. I have a note Out from the book club. Okay, that I went to at your geekery shop. Uh huh. And all it says is Buffalo plaid. Budkowski, which is an idea for a poem for me to write. <laughs> okay. But I'll just say I thought that was weird. That note is for one person. That note's for and me. And that person is you. Yeah, Buffalo Plaid Bukowski. So. Anyway, Miss Matt. Oh, okay. This Opener. episode, I want to just start by saying I feel like this is an, a, what I want to dub an evolutionary episode. This episode is what The Muppet Show could be and hopefully is well, by the time we're done with it. I can't wait. I know where, I don't, I kind of know where you are in the book. Like, you just met Frank Oz in the book. The yes, we book. just signed Frank, we. We. Just signed Frank Oz in the book where I am. But isn't it his parents? That whole story is super interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, anyway. I learned, and you will learn too when you get to this part in the book, mm-hmm. why season one was the way it was. <gasps> really? Yes. Ooh, exciting. And okay, why cool. season two starts to get better. Cool. I'm very excited to get to yeah. there. So better. I won't spoil these for you. I'll yeah. wait until you get there, but I love that Kermit started out in the tux. Uh-huh. He was, like, fully dapper. Um, okay, so let's, okay. Bop, 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 bop. Cold open. Swedish chef has sent a rather unappealing chicken sandwich to guest star Bernadette Peters' dressing room. I thought this was hilarious. Very stupid. Do you it's- know that she's Italian? Is she? She's Italian, and she has, like, a crazy, like, like, a... A quote-unquote, when I read her wiki, an ethnic quote, quote, I'm doing air quotes, Mm. last name, which is why she changed it to Peters. You have to think, like, back in those days, she didn't want to sound like she was an Italian. Oh, weird. Yeah. That is weird. What was her last name? Do you remember, like, at all? Like, La Raza or La Oh, like, okay. She's, uh, not only is she Italian, but she's from a a Sicilian family. Oh, okay. Have you ever seen the Sicilian flag? No. Oh, my God. Okay. Not that I can think of, at least. So while you're getting that, Miss Piggy notices that the opening number is supposed to be a duet, and naturally assumes it would be a duet between her and Kermit. To her surprise, Kermit is instead singing with Miss Mousy. Oh, okay, I have seen the Sicilian flag. And you ready for this? You ready for this? <laughs> I saw the Sicilian flag, which is a head in the center of a... Three legs. Three legs that are in the... Pattern similar to like a swastika 
kind of, right? Like, they're hooked yeah, out. Yeah, kind of, right? but there's only three of them. There's and it not looks like, like it's four. a running leg. Yeah. Right? So, okay. New York Comic Con. I went this past year with my two brothers, right? My youngest brother, Timothy, finds a Sicilian flag logo on a pizzeria, and he goes, isn't that the logo for Pete's Pizza in Old Bridge? That's weird. And I was like, isn't that a flag? You idiot. Idiot. He's like... It's a flag. I'm like, yeah, it's not like the pizzeria logo. No, no, no. This is, I mean, to be fair to Timmy, this is a pizzeria logo. I mean. I could not believe him suggest that. That is too funny. That's the logo to the pizzeria near our house. Yeah. In Old Bridge. It's very specific. (laughs) And they must have gotten, like, what, a prestigious graphic designer to, like, come up with this concept? It's ridiculous. With all this symbolism? How have they not changed it? Why would they change the flag? This is crazy looking. It doesn't look like a Nazi symbol. It looks like running legs. It looks like a Nazi symbol to me. Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Kermit and Miss Mousy sing, How could you believe me when I said I loved you when you know I've been a liar all my life? Up in the balcony, Statler boos the opening number. When Waldorf admits to liking the song, Statler states, Well, the pig doesn't have you in a hammerlock. I loved this bit. I love it. My, th- one of the things that bothered me, and I made a note of... Are you bothered? Um, is Kermit wore his suit, his tux, to perform this number. Miss no, Mousy, he wore a different suit. Right, but like, yeah. He has on... That's what oh, he has on a different suit. It's a maroon suit now. Weird. Yeah. And to open the show, he had on a... Black suit. Yeah, the black and white suit. Like a tux. Weird. Yeah, the okay. tux. So he's wearing, irregardless, he is dressed to the nines. Oh, no, fully dressed perform. to the nines. And Miss Mousy, whoever the hell this is, is in the Big Bad Wolf's costume when the Big Bad Wolf dresses as grandma in oh, Little Red Riding Hood. Yeah, and she's like frumpy dumpy. Right? And then she's this song a is about... And a sleep cap. And like, for some reason, it's so funny because this is like about like, she's like, you told me, whatever, and he's like, you know, I'm not like that. I would never settle down with a person and... Uh-huh. Like, the song is totally about him, like, having a good time with her and then, like, leaving her, right? Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Uh-huh. Have you seen a picture of Jim Henson's wife? No. Okay. I was really startled when we were reading that. What is her name? Jane. Jane Henson. When we were Jane reading that Jane and book. Michael Banks. And they kind of, like, they described that the two of them have been in... Well, let's just say in... Otherwise relationships. In the book, Uh he was dating cheerleader types and basically like hot girls. And then he went on to marry like an improviser, basically. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, a very artistic improviser, but she's not... I wouldn't categorize Jane Henson as like a stunning beauty. Uh Uh-huh. You have to squirm through this shade that you're trying to throw. I'm throwing shade. <laughs> I think that I think there's something to that. I think that there's like a level of like respect and stuff like that. Apparently, mm. one of the reasons they, they they grow apart within the book or whatever, but I think there was oh, some really? infidelity. Uh huh. But like Jim, we learn that Jim like loves the ladies. I was really so surprised by that. I don't know why. I think it's when you tell me that this man created like. Two different institutions of the same umbrella, and like one of them has shaped children all over the did, world. 
You know, like it, it's very startling to hear that Have that guy's also a womanizer. You know, well, he's not. A, I wouldn't like consider a, but, him a womanizer, okay. uh-huh. but you know, he's he he's love. You know, ladies love cool James. I don't think cool Jim. Hello, cool Jay. They didn't like try to spare his reputation in that book either. So I wonder. if... Well, I think they give an honest account. I mean, yeah. he's. I mean, none of us are perfect, and we all do. You know, not so great things and sometimes we make mm-hmm. like poor decisions yeah but i think for the most part they show that jim is like a decent guy yeah so far anyway but i wouldn't doubt that like there's a certain point in this book where they mention that like jim and jane are like chugging along working on their shows they're doing this thing and he that thing. was and they're shady both, like, with engaged. her they were both engaged to other people at a time yeah so i would probably wager that he was emotionally cheating on his spouse or potential Fully. And then fiance he, with Jane for a while, you oh, know? for a while, yeah. You're right. And then, you know? But then what I don't like about what happens with Jane is that he basically decides that she's not going to work anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. And, but yet, she still teaches Frank Oz and the rest of the Muppeteers how to do the lip syncing. Oh, shit. So because this she's happens like an expert early li- on. Yeah. That's why Jane isn't like... I don't know. Is Jane in any way involved in the Muppet Show? Um, I mean, but not not more so than like giving Jim certain levels of advice, uh-huh. and then also like uh, teaching the puppeteers or working with puppeteers on how to lip sync with the Muppets. Yeah, because she apparently is an teaching expert. the Muppet way. We'll call it. If, yeah, I don't know if they how to do it and how to be like whatever. And I mean, she was a true artist, and you know, like they built a business together. Yeah, and he kept her out of and in, performing. And a form. You know? And, you know, it, there's one part in the book where Frank Oz is interviewed and it's like he did wonder at a point, like, wait, why isn't Jane performing? She's so talented. Mm-hmm. And then he later says something like, you know, she didn't have the, like, the thick skin or something like that. And honestly, like, I kind of think that's bullshit. Like, Jim didn't want her there. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it's cool to hear that Frank Oz questions that because he famously plays the female character of the Muppets. Mm-hmm. You know? But that actually, like, and you learn about what happened with Piggy. Like, that actually happened fully by accident. And, uh-huh. like, what Miss Piggy even is and how her character came to be was sort of totally by accident. Really? And you know she's, like, one of the only Muppets with colored irises? Oh, no, I never noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting, Weird. right? Yeah. I know. So I can't wait for you to get like more into the book. Like I fully like I'm a big Muppet fan, and yeah, we do this podcast together, and it's like it, it's making me more into it. But I feel like reading this uh, Jim Henson biography is making me even more into this. Be- it, that's great that it's not taking things away because oh, there is God, sometimes no. where you do like a deep dive and you're like, "Fuck this!" Yeah, like, <laughs> you know? no, not at all. This book is amazing, and uh-huh. I highly recommend it to anybody interested in the life of Jim Henson. I mean, yeah. I haven't finished. And I'm halfway through, but it's a pretty thick book. Yeah, yeah. It's great, though. So, anyway. I'm excited to get to the Muppet Show stuff. All right, so backstage, Robin tries to get Kermit's attention to ask for a part in the show, but Kermit is far too busy trying to get the monsters on stage to notice him. Did you see the hole in the floor during this? No, I didn't. In? Yeah. They, like, I guess he moves over with uh-huh. his little Robin body a little bit, and you kind of see the hole that he's uh-huh. poking out of. It's so cute. <laughs> I'm like, aww. So Kermit's trying to get the monsters ready so that Bernadette Peters can sing with them. Take a little, take a little one step while dancing with Sweetums, Thog, and Timmy Monster. Okay, is Timmy Monster the green one? Uh, let's see, Timmy Monster. 
is the green one that looks like Muzzy, basically. Okay, that's not a Muppet. Who made that? That doesn't even look like a Muppet. That looks like when you go to a children's birthday party at a place and they have like, uh, you know, like mon- Blue Monster instead of yeah. Cookie Monster yeah. or whatever. Yeah. You would take a photo with this guy on in Times Square is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> right? This is not He's, a real Muppet. He stands outside in Times Square and tries to take pictures of He people. doesn't look anything like a we, Muppet. I gotta let you know, we have seen this guy before uh, several times. What? Ben Vereen, Zero Mustel, Milton Berle, Rich Little, Nancy Walker. Yeah, he's been in a couple episodes, and we'll see him again in a couple episodes, too. Wow! Because I just feel like he's really not a Muppet. Timmy Munster... Sorry, Timmy Munster... Munster. <laughs> ...appeared on The Muppet Show and was performed at various times by Steve Whitmore... Dave Goles, and uh, Jim Henson himself. Timmy's a full-bodied blue-green monster. He first appeared in the background during the opening of episode 117, the Ben Vereen episode. So that's interesting. And then Thog is that blue guy who we, like, very famously remember. He was in the, like, um, that cage for the Harvey Korman episode. Remember Harvey Korman played, like, a a a ringleader? Yeah, That's that one of my least out. favorite skits of all time. I felt like it was abusive. <laughs> it was abusive. So after they sing, I don't know. I'm, I liked the balance of sketches versus just musical numbers in this episode. There was a good mix in this yeah. episode. I think it really was like the perfect fusion. I wish we would have gotten Bernadette to do like silly stuff versus just singing stuff. I didn't you know? realize, like, in reading, I know I keep going back to the book, but it's like, I'm learning about how they actually do the performances in the yeah. book, and, you know, like, the stages are super elaborate, mm-hmm. and, like, the building of these things, and... Because there's what they can do, versus mm-hmm. what they want to do, versus what they got to figure out how to do, you know, like... And they came up with the show within a show concept, and mm-hmm. they weren't even sure it was going to work. They were like, really? yeah, people were like, I don't even know if this is a good idea, but they were like, mean, Jim liked it, so they were like, point, okay, we're going to do it. That's my favorite part. I know! Is like... The show within a show. And what they're doing... They got the perfect blend of it this episode. Yeah. Neither part was boring. Like, okay, so now after Sweetum, after Sweetum, Stog, and Timmy Monster dance with Bernadette, Robin is upset that no one ever notices him and is packing his bags to run away. Unfortunately, he's so small that he ends up falling into his suitcase and getting stuck. Aww. Like, these little, like, cute things happen. You know, it's never too much of one or too much of the other. I feel like this is a perfect episode. Yeah. So far. So far, it's great. Because sometimes they do, like, I don't know, that, like, reporter a couple episodes ago. Oh, It was such a good idea on paper, but it just kind of fell flat for me. I don't know if there was too much of him at a certain point or what. It was like the beats were off. Are we missing any of your notes here? You have a no, lot of stuff there. I just did skit by skit. Next, mm-hmm. I have Miss Piggy and Frank. But that is because after the giant thing, mm-hmm. I think that we get a shot to Statler and Waldorf, where I always want to just call Benson and Hedges, <laughs> up in the in the balcony. In the balcony, and Miss Piggy standing behind them, and I love that Piggy was threatening them yeah, like, throughout the whole episode. I know. But what's really funny to me is that then later in the episode, we see um, Sam the Eagle, and both times it's Frank Oz. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It's like... <laughs> so next, we had a really quick cutaway that I loved two pieces. Chickens play chopsticks on the piano. I have it here. Loved it. it this was great. Loved it. I love this. So much. 
So after that, we go to Veterinarian's Hospital. The staff discover that their next patient is a shoe. This was stupid, but I still kind okay. of enjoyed this. I also kind of understand why they do Veterinarian's Hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they need a sketch that Rolf can be in. Because the they can't put Kermit and Rolf together mm-hmm. because, you know, Jim plays both characters. Yeah. You know, and those, like, Rolf apparently is a star. Yeah, I, you know? I just listened to that part of the book where he talks about the creation of Rolf. And, and it had, yes. How Purina basically wanted to buy Rolf, and they were like, no. And Jim literally told his agent, he was like, please never take it upon yourself to sell any of my characters. I love that. He like, kept all his characters. He was so smart. Yeah. But also, it's like, it's either Piggy or Fozzie. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that we're seeing that played out right now. Yeah. Because. Piggy is really developing, I think, more than Fozzie at this point. Mm-hmm. And I think Frank is maybe just having a little bit more fun playing Piggy. Yeah. And that's what's going on. But I think we'll see more of Fozzie later. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, he's like a tried and true character. He has, he comes with his own, like, skill set and sketch set, I guess, too, you know? So it's like maybe if you've done. Yeah, well, it's funny because in the book they reference when it really started working with Fozzie. Like, they didn't know, like, they were like, oh, my God, Fozzie is such a bummer and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't think the Fozzie was really working until he did that back and forth with Kermit when he was like, okay, when I say here, you say, the comedian's a bear? Uh-huh. Do you remember that episode? Yes. Yeah. And I, <laughs> and I was like, and apparently that was written, like, last minute. Really? Yeah, and then Frank and... uh you know, Jim were just kind of like, they did it in one take. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's great learning about the backstory of like yeah. how they did these episodes. Oh, I'm so mad that you're like ahead of me I now. know. I'm I trying to, to slow down, up. actually, because I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to get too far from yeah. ahead of you. So anyway, Chickens with Pianos, Veterinarian's Hospital. Uh, I, I have in my notes here that in the beginning of vet- Veterinarian's Hospital, Miss Piggy has... The popsicle sticks in her mouth, like uh-huh. fangs, which I think is so funny. That's one of the pictures here on the wiki that She's I'm looking at right now is her, yeah, like a walrus or vampire. And then I have another note in this that's that said they ended, they phased out at the dance because the writers hated writing for it. Really? Yeah. It so was, that's what you learned from the book? Yeah, it was hard to film and the uh-huh. writers hated doing I it. I imagine it was hard to film. It looked like it was done in, in a take. Like, I, the only way that it works is if you do it in one take, like... Or at least make it look like it's one take. Exactly. Well, it was a lot. And then you also learn that because they were filming in England at the studio, you'll learn about this later, like, they only had to 8 p.m. every night, and then, Mm -hmm. like, literally the government would come and shut the lights off and not let them film anymore. Oh, wow. Because of, like, union rules or something, I guess? Like, weird. um, So funny to say that. And I also learned about SNL and the Muppets in the beginning of SNL. Stop spoiling things okay. for me. This is what I get for telling you that Jim Henson's brother died. <laughs> I won't. I won't tell you that. So in the UK spot, Uncle Deadly and the Sheik's wife sing Sheik of Arabe. Wait, we're not done yet. I also have in here, because the veterinarian's hospital. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I'm bringing it back now. 
Bring it back. The now, joke yeah. about arsenic and old lace. Loved that. Cary Grant movie. Uh-huh. But before that, it was a play in 1939. Yes. And I looked up what arsenic and old lace the movie was about. And it's like a zany ass movie about mm-hmm. these two people get married. And then they go home to their respective houses to let their families know. And like Cary Grant's character discovers that his family is like all sorts of weird. Really? I've never yeah. seen it. I'm, I'm aware of it as like a pop culture reference. I was not aware of it, because I was like... So, in um, this comic book series that I've loved for, like, a million years, um, one of the lead characters, she is, like, obsessed with old cinema and shit like that, and she decides that she wants a, like, a a superhero name, and she has a pet (laughs) velociraptor. This is, like, a very hard thing to try to explain to you, but (laughs) she decides that she's going to call her velociraptor... Old Lace. So then she goes by Arsenic. So that's their like oh. superhero duo name is Arsenic and Old Lace. Cute. Yeah. She drops the Arsenic thing, but they still end up calling her her Velociraptor Old Lace. I need to like read about like why that is the name of something. I like the term Old Hat. Like, yeah. oh, that's Old Hat. I like that. Like, it's outdated. Uh huh. It's to say outdated, but also yeah, Old Hat is a very weird. Anyway, the UK spot, I have mm-hmm. lots to say about this UK spot Go because I it. fucking loved it. It was fun. The character that played the, the, with the Sheik, uh-huh. Sheik of Arab, the Sheik's wife, Sheik of Arabay, mm-hmm. uh, the Sheik's wife w- was played by the same guy who did Gonzo. Dave Goals. And yeah, and Jerry Nelson plays, what's his name? Uncle Deadly. Uncle Deadly. I loved this. It was like provocative and it was also like, this song's a little rapey, but uh-huh. then it's like, they're married though. Like, I don't know what to say about this. But it was very, like, sexy. Yeah, and it wasn't... <laughs> the costuming racist? was so nice. You know, like, where they've done things like this before, that yeah. comes off like... Like the Turkish yikes. mustache. Yeah, that was a lot. I loved that, but it was It was very like... funny, but it was like, yikes. <laughs> yikes you know, yeah. like, geez. I like this so much. It's like the Beatles <laughs> have... Her... Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The Beatles have a version of this song, but I... Really? Yeah. I've never heard of this song. I actually really liked this UK spot quite a bit. This song has been recorded by many artists, including Benny Goodman in 1937 and the Beatles in 1962. Interesting. I thought the Muppets version was better than the Beatles version, to be honest with you. I love Uncle Deadly, so... I loved Uncle Deadly, and I loved him doing this. Terrific. This, this is like terrific. such a meaty episode. We haven't even hit like the halfway point. Sam the Eagle relates the fable of Ant and the Grasshopper in which the fun-loving grasshopper drives to Florida for the winter and the hard-working ant gets stepped on. First of all, the grasshopper's big smiley teeth are so <laughs> funny to me. I've never enjoyed a Sam the Eagle segment so me much Me neither. I thought it was so funny. I thought the way he was lit at times, he looked like the old style of Sam the Eagle. I don't know what sort of gels they were using on their lights, but he looked like his head was like greenish yellow. And then I realized that it was just lights. Like he just, oh, he, yeah. like he absorbs light in a way, yeah. his character for some reason. Yeah, this was really good for Sam the Eagle. I'm glad mm-hmm. that he did something besides introduce Wayne and Wanda. Yeah. And then in the balcony, Statler and Waldorf love the new ending of this classic tale. But Sam will not stand for it. Waldorf meekly asks, why are they picking on us today? <laughs> Especially Frank Oz. The two sides of Frank Oz. Because apparently Frank Oz was kind of like Sam the Eagle 
without a puppet. Really? He was basically, like, very stern and kind uh-huh. of serious. Wow. And then, like, once he had, like, a Muppet or a puppet in uh-huh. his hand, he just was, like... He could be a little... Anything. That's goes. so cool. Yeah. I'm spoiling this book for you hard. You are. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so now we have a six-ounce frog. Robin goes to Bernadette's dressing room to say goodbye before he runs away from home. When she inquires why he is leaving, he tells her that no one cares about a six-ounce frog. Bernadette encourages Robin to believe in himself, singing Just One Person. Soon, the room is filled with Muppets who sing along with her. Oh, this was so sweet. Is this an original song by Bernadette Peters? Let's see, Just One Person. Just One Person is a song that's been performed in many Muppet Uh. productions. The lyrics talk about how if only one person is there for you and believes in you pretty soon, other people will start to do the same. And before you know it, you'll believe in yourself too. Most every version of this song performed by the Muppets abridges the ending of the first verse. You know, that's a very much like, um, I'm trying to think of words to help me. So like, that's like a very much like an American homestead sort Mm -hmm. of mentality where it's like, if you help yourself, other pull yourself people up by co- your bootstraps. Yeah, it's like if if you ever hear the, the thing like if your car's broken down and you mm-hmm. start pushing it, people will start helping you. But if you yeah. just sit there on the side of the road, like no one's gonna. That, I feel like we've talked about this style of like self encouragement, and mm-hmm. like it's like very much like God helps those who help themselves. Yeah. and oh, all that of that. Fully, you know, it's very like puritanistic yeah. in a way. Yeah. So this song was is a Muppet song. It was in a couple Sesame Streets. This is the first appearance of this song. Is in the Bernadette Peters episode, and then it was in a couple Sesame Streets. Uh, it was performed. Bernadette Peters sang it on the Tonight Show with the Muppets in '79. That's so sweet. First of all, can I just? I also I keep saying first of all, but first of all, second of all, <laughs> Bernadette Peters' voice is lovely. Yeah, but when she speaks like a talking voice, she sounds like Betty Boop to me. Mm-hmm. Boop boop beetle. Yeah, like she just has she that, sounds like... the way I thought Madeline Kahn's voice sounded. <laughs> they, Is that no, like they have a similar right? Yeah, I for some reason from memory that was how Madeline Kahn was going to sound to me, but she didn't. No, she didn't sound quite like that. But yeah. she could probably do that voice. I enjoyed this song. I did. I love it. We it's saw, very we got... cool to see that it's an original. And we got of to the see Muppets. Fozzie. Yes. And, like, I just loved, I love any time the Muppets are doing a song and then all of a sudden you, like, they pan out and this cast is building. Like, my favorite song from the Muppets movie is um, The Magic Store. Yeah. That final number where, like, they talk about how, like, it literally takes a village of the Muppets to make the Muppets and everything. I love that song. I love that quote by uh, Kent whatever from Ted Lasso. Yeah. The actual actor. Brett. About how, like, the Muppets... What's his name? Brett? Brett... Kent? No. Gold. <laughs> Brett Gold. Um, okay, hang on. In my head, you know that song, Babylon Sisters by Steely Dan? It goes, Babylon Sisters, shake it. I just have Bernadette Peters, <laughs> shake it. It's uh by Brett Goldstein. Yeah, Brett Goldstein. The quote again is, the secret of the Muppets is they're not very good at what they do. Kermit's not a great host, Fozzie's not a good comedian, Miss Piggy's not a great singer. None of them are actually good at it, but they fucking love it. And they're like a family, and they like putting on the show. And they have joy. And because of the joy, it doesn't matter that they're not good at it. And that's like what we should all be, Muppets. I love I love the, like, how eloquent yet 
clumsy that quote is. Yeah, you know, it's like, like the Muppets. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it it is. It encapsulates itself. It, in it. sure does. So the Swedish chef tries to coax an egg out of a chicken. Chicky Instead, boo. he receives I, a bomb. That was very good. I was. I have it written down, Chicky Boo, because I was like, <laughs> I love that. I love that because um, he you're like, not as fresh. You watched this the other day. Yeah. You took notes that are like reminding you. I'm going to take things. notes from now this on. This is I think. a lot of fun, Chicky Boo. Uh, this is cut and dry, Swedish chef. Okay, brilliant. It was great, it though. Was he, great. like, goes to chop him, uh-huh. and then he, the chicken gets back at him by laying a bomb. It's very silly. Love it. How about the next one? Robin. Is, what? Oh, it cuts to Robin. Yes. Robin tells his uncle about his idea to sing They Call the Wind Maria, but Kermit wants him to sing a cute little song instead. When Robin protests, Kermit threatens to call his father, which brings the young frog around. Are you talking, when you say next, do you mean Dr. Bunsen Honeydew? Yeah, because guess what? I don't remember this that Robin bit at all. Are you sure it was in the episode we watched? Did you Do you remember it? Was it cut? I don't from remember Disney it for sure. I don't remember it at all. Oh, no. Okay, sorry. I went down to my edits. Disney Plus has I'm Five, They Called the Wind Mariah, and the scene backstage where Robin discusses it are all cut out. So we did not see that. You are right. I don't like that they cut them. Just give it to me pure. So, okay, so we... I don't understand why Disney cut I want to see... It's like there's no commercials on Disney Plus. Just give me the whole thing. So is there something wrong with this? Like, is it... On Nickelodeon, the Swedish Chef bit was cut. Why? That's so funny. We've noticed in all of these Nickelodeon edits, they've cut out the violence. But yes, meanwhile, we're watching... I know for a fact I was watching violent, in air quotes, shit on Nickelodeon when I was a kid. Uh, Ren and Stimpy. So Bunsen Honeydew has his assistant, Beaker, test his latest invention, Bunsonium, which deflates Beaker's head. This was a delight. Very stupid. This was a delight. Hilarious. Yeah. Beaker, that Muppet is when, so funny. And B- Bunsen <sighs> Honeydew is very, like, funny, too, as, like, the straight yes. person. He, I think, was funnier back then than he is now. Probably. When he said something about, like, they tested something else on him... And it makes your hair fall. It makes your hair do that weird thing, right? Beaker, and Beaker just takes his hair off, and he like looks sad, and then puts his hair back on. I know. I loved that, and just the way I love any time that they do like the crumple fist oh, with the yeah. Muppet's face. But when his face deflated, that was very funny, also. So and Beaker good. keeps sliding the beaker of Bunsonium in front of Bunsen. Like yeah. he's like I'm like he definitely does not want to have to do this. <laughs> He knows he has to, but he does not want to, and he just keeps sliding it out of his way. Yeah, these Muppet Lab sketches are delightful. So then next is Robin finally gets his chance to perform and sings I'm Five, but when Robin tries to sing the second song, blah, blah, blah. So I'm not even going to mention this, because we didn't see this. We didn't see this. Yeah. I don't have that. That's a bummer. I don't have I that. I do... What? So what we saw next was Muppets News Flash. The newsman is crushed by a large object drop from the ceiling. That was funny. This was hilarious. He comes out and he's like, uh, in a Muppets news break, uh, uh, what does he say? Like a, a large object has been thrust off of a ceiling or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he goes, and, and it, as the, as, we'll give you more information as the, and it just crushes him. What I especially thought was funny about this is that you literally see the Muppet under, like you can see him under uh, the <laughs> anvil. Yes, like they did drop something. Yeah, um, it's funny. Yeah. And, and you know what else I learned is that. You know, oh my god, I learned so much about Jim. But he does so smart he likes now. doing the news anchor and then it's like he also does like the game show host on Sesame Street. 
Oh god, they're the same character. Huh. And, you, and like, yeah, they you are. Know, and you know some of those drawings from Sesame Street with like the numbers changing. I did and, listen to that part of the book so far, where they said that like all of that, a lot of that hand it's drawn and the art and stuff is his art, uh, which is very cool. Oh god, I love it. there's a store getting targeted in. New Hope, Pennsylvania, that mm-hmm. sells these old Betsy Johnson collaborations with them. Before they used to call them collaborations. Yeah. You know what I mean? But this old Betsy Johnson collab with the Muppets, and it's like a purse with a phone, and there's like a Miss Piggy one and a Fozzie one. Uh-huh. And like, I don't know, like 10 years ago when I saw it, I was like, well, I can't afford this, or whatever. <laughs> But like I want to, I don't think they ever sold. I think they're still in that shop. Uh-huh. I like want to go to New Hope and be like, mm. and be like, I gotta get this back. Like I know you had this in your shop for like ten years. Uh huh. Yeah. Now. So like maybe you could yeah. cut it back a little bit. Yeah. Take them off your hands. Bern- anyway, the next sketch we get to see Bernadette Peters sing with Jug Band, right? Yes, I loved this. And I have in my notes Dolly Parton. And Bernadette Peters need to do a collaboration together. Bernadette Peters sings Applejack with Lou Bach Lou and the Jug Applejack, right. That's how it goes. I Yes. I loved this stupid song. I love this stupid song. I was singing it around my house for like two days. This is a Muppet Show original as well. Applejack. Mm-hmm. Bernadette mm-hmm. Peters and the Lubach Lou and his Jug Huggers sing Applejack in the closing number of episode 212. Yeah, that's it. That's the only history of this song. This song was a lot of fun. And I love that they just write songs too. These this jug band is like for turning into someone else. Like these are different jug band members than they usually are. I think. Yeah, there's that hairy beard guy this, in like, this, like he's looking like orange guy. Yeah, and then there's that like Saddam Hussein looking dude. <laughs> oh my god! But this was a great closer. Yeah, and it was just a great song. Super catchy. Good energy. Good nice energy. Fun. Just a way to send off the crowd. Mm-hmm. It's like, what a great, like, imagine watching it back in the day. Yeah. And just being in a good mood after you saw that. It is so funny to me how much, you can tell that we loved this episode because we've talked about nothing else but this episode. Yeah. Like, there is no derailment to talk about. Seinfeld. Like, <laughs> Seinfeld, Home Improvement. Yeah. Anything else. Because it was just a purely great episode. It was a great episode. And I can't get over it. I'm so happy. And the next episode um, is like a Soviet, like a famous Soviet Union dancer, ballet dancer. I, well, before Rudolph, we get to that, oh, sorry. let me just say, Bernadette, give special thanks to Robin at closing. And Called him like, Mr. Big, by yeah, the way. Yeah, that was very weird. And I was like, whoa, way before Sex and the City. And did you stay for the actual closing closing when Statler and Waldorf heckle again? I didn't see that. Miss Piggy threatens them one last time at the at the actual closing. Get out. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. That's so funny. I feel like there was more talk of Miss Mousy throughout this episode than actually is like in these notes. Well, they made Piggy like a jealous. You know, Frank gave her a backstory. I can't wait for you to hear Frank's backstory. No! Yeah. Oh my god. That's how he got that's how he could accept her sort of like violent, crazy behavior because there's such a reason for it. Jesus. Okay. Like he gave her like Sort of. Remember, didn't we try to give her a backstory one time? Yes. It's kind that, of like she had show parents who um, we did like we had a whole thing. I didn't. I are you sure? Because didn't yeah, the, I say like her dad died? We said and that then, yeah, she had an absent father and her mom was nasty. Uh huh. That's kind of the backstory. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I know. That's insane. We guessed. Yeah, right. our backstory is that like yeah, she has this mother who's like kind of jealous of her. Yes. And oh my god, I cannot wait for you and, to yeah, hear. Yeah, her father's Hodges not backstory. in the picture. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. 
So today, though, before I came here to do this with you, I looked up some YouTube videos of Jim Henson on some talk shows doing some of his Muppets. Oh, really? Uh, he is unbelievably talented, Douglas. Mm. I mean, and he could do, like, some ventriloquism, too. Really? Yeah. Like, he's talented. He doesn't even have to move his lips, really. Uh-huh. But let me tell you, when those Muppets are on his arms, it doesn't even matter. It's like you can't even tell he's the one talking. The Muppets are just so... Did you see that um, bit, I feel like we may have talked about it on the show, of when the Muppets pre- presented at the Emmys? No. I th- you have to look it up after we're done. I'm sorry that I can't No, it's like, okay. And then we also the have thing. to watch that documentary. Yes. So we'll do that too, because I saw an interview with Frank Oz, and he talked about that documentary. He said the only way you can watch it is through this website. Oh, weird. Because I guess it's very independent. They made uh, it themselves. Cool. I don't know. I'm really excited to do all this like extra Muppet homework. It's it it's makes so it, good. It makes it better. Yeah. Where you're like, holy shit, these people really were pioneers. Because we're like looking to expand our appreciation. And, I like, fully am expanding. That it exists, and that there is worth... Of, there's things worthy of appreciating. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just, like... Fully. Like, the fact that Richard Hunt was openly, like, openly gay man in the really? 70s. Yep. Wow. Yep. That's nuts. Yep. Okay. Cool. Very cool. And that he was just a part of their troop just the same. Yep. You know? Great personality. Great time. And especially with how, like, religious they mentioned that Jim was. Yeah, but he was kind of, like, to himself about his religion. He wasn't, like... He didn't let it affect his... No, and he was kind of spiritually open. Like, he was, like, really interested in expanding his consciousness in general. Yeah. So next week we're going to watch the Rudolph Nureyev episode of The Robot Show. In preparation for the guest star and famous ballet dancer Rudolph (laughs) Nureyev, Sam the Eagle forces everyone to dress in tuxedos and act with dignity. I love this But when Rudolph arrives in his street clothes... Sam thinks he's a vagrant and throws him out. All right, this sounds like a lot of fun. This sounds so funny. And then, w- should we tell our... Yes, so we're going to do a, the next episode with Rudolph N- <laughs> Nareev. And um, the episode after that, we're going to watch Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Yes, I'm so excited. I've special. never seen it. I haven't watched it in maybe two years. It's it's a fucking delight. Dude. I can't like, wait. It. I, I need to like just find out how old it is for you right now. Well, I think it's in. I think it's seventy eight, seventy nine. Because in the book where I am right now, they just started making it, and some of the NASA NASA engineers helped design some of the puppets that are in really. This. Yeah. This this movie opens on like one of the greatest Muppet scenes. It, I I just love how hard they work to get these things done. These Muppets it opens are on elaborate. a on a river, and the, they're. The two lead characters are singing while rowing a boat down a river. It's like, it. I don't know, it's insane to me, you know, that like... I can't wait to see it. And I also just want to mention to the folks out there that Doug lately has literally been dressing in Fozzie Bear colors and Fozzie Bear, like, <laughs> I jacket. I love my Fozzie Bear jacket. Yeah, but even the sweatshirt and the shoes you're wearing now are, like, kind of Fozzie-toned. <laughs> <laughs> Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas is a 1977 TV special based on a children's book of the same name by Russell Hoban. Oh, I love it. Directed by Jim Henson, it features a cast of Muppet characters. It was produced by Jim Henson and premiered on CBC television. That's Canada? This is... I don't know. Who is CBC? Yeah, Canadian Broadcast. Yeah, it is. Weird. Okay. This is one of the few things that is still owned by the Henson Corporation and is not part of, like, the Disney acquisition or part of, like, movies they made for Sony. 
Henson made this movie themselves. And they yeah, still learn own it. about it. That's why it is air like it's it's not they, it's easy to find it streaming on other platforms. They made inventions for Muppets mm-hmm. in this movie. You can you can tell. I can't wait. There to is see it. a also a full blooper reel that we have to find to oh. discuss. Also, where the character, where the performers <laughs> react to scenes in character, still like it. I, I can't even explain it. Emmett Otter reacts. Accidentally has a Is flub Jim and stuff Emmett like it's. Emmett? Uh, let's see. I don't have a list here, but That's we will okay. have a list we'll, when we'll we do discuss. the episode. Yeah, it'll be it'll be great to learn about. But you know, so if this aired in December of '77, where does that land us in what we're doing anyway on the Muppet Show? Year. I think it we're comes in '76 still. No, I think no, I'm, we're in '77. Yeah. Oh, so that's awesome. Yeah, it, we're watching this in time with season two. Then. Yep. That's so cool because the episode that we just did, Burned It at Peter's, aired November 4th, 1977. Mm-hmm. So that's so cool. I can't believe I like, I don't know, I just said we should watch that one because I like it and you've never seen it. No, so it's I like thought a you cool... were doing it in order. I didn't no. realize you were doing that because oh I was going to ask you, I literally was going to ask you about it because I was like, we need to do the Christmas specials in order, no? Yeah. Or try we, at yes, least. Yes, as best we can yeah. because there are, there's another one that exists too. I don't know if you've ever seen the Christmas toy. It's made me very sad. It's like Toy Story, kind of. Like a very similar, like the toys come to life after the kids go to sleep or aren't around, whatever kind of thing. I can't wait to watch all these movies. It's very good. All right. All right, so join us next week as we watch the Rudolph Nureyev episode and the week after when we watch Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Woo-hoo! You can follow us on social media at ITTWTM. Buy a t-shirt to support us. Our numbers have been going up. That's great. Of listeners. I'm very excited to report well, that Well, hopefully we didn't lose all the listeners we have with last week's somber episode. We got some I... Irish listeners lately. Heck yeah. I was actually going to ask you about Ireland. Yeah. I was going to ask you if you'd ever kiss the Blarney Stone. I have not, and I will. I will fully I will kiss, kiss it. I can't wait. But like during COVID, are they kissing the Blarney Stone? Are they wiping we, it down? I will tell you, we have done this as a bit on have this we? show. Yes. I'm always saying about the Blarney Stone. I think my nanny... <laughs> Like, I don't know, like, visits me in my dreams or something, and uh-huh. she's like, you still haven't kissed that fucking Blarney Stone. You, need, you owe her a you kiss on the Blarney Stone. You need to kiss the Blarney Stone. You gotta do it, dude. Gotta do it. Alright, so join us next week as we watch the Rudolph Nureyev episode, and until next time. Thanks for the gumball, Jim Henson. This is what I-